I'm Carla. And I'm Richard. We're the Obies, hosts of the We Do podcast. And co-founders of WeDoRelationships.com. We help people discover the best version of themselves for their significant relationships, even their marriage. Yes, even that. Every week, we share insights we've learned over 20 years of helping individuals and couples. We can help you stay motivated and accountable while encouraging you to find lightness and the connection in your life that we're all after. That's right. We do will help you master simple and elegant ways to withstand adversity in your life. We believe every day is a great day to share and grow. You probably have a relationship that needs some attention, whether at home or at work. Your breakthroughs and tools await you at WeDoRelationships.com. Let's get to today's episode. Hello, sweetie. Hello, sweetie. Oh, you, you, you didn't have your English hello today. This is, must be very serious podcast. Okay. So you got to change things up a little. Wow. You are. I'm all thrown off. I'm like suffering from cognitive dissonance now. <laughs> now we're in the midst of the holidays, right? We just um, celebrated Thanksgiving and we're in the throes of the, the festive holiday uh, season. And we have gatherings and connections and memories that we've are going to experience um, these ex- these experiences, and we're going to have memories that we've collected and internalized and integrated into our life's existence over the years. And they tend to show up; um, they tend to pop up, and they're sometimes very deliberate and explicit. Sometimes they're implied, and we don't really know what's going on. And sometimes they maybe kind of sneak up behind us and through us. And one of those things that kind of shows up during the holiday season sometimes is grief, you know, yeah. grief, grief and loss and associated yeah. with something that isn't the same anymore. Yeah, I think it's it's a tough time for many people. You know, the holidays, you know, always come with sort of this idea that it's, you know, it's a holly jolly season and <laughs> you're supposed to always have warm, fuzzy feelings. But the truth is people move and they are not with their families to to celebrate. People get divorced. Families aren't celebrating in the ways that they used to. People pass away and there's a huge hole in your life and the holidays are still, you know, going on. And so it's about, I think oftentimes about how do we, how do we survive? during the holidays, you know? I mean, we are called survivors when we've experienced loss. Yeah. And the reason is is because we actually, it takes effort to live in the world sometimes without other people that we're used to having in it. Yeah, not only used to it, but but just cherishing those moments with them, right? And they're mm-hmm. the ones sometimes that have made the holidays what they are. They're mm-hmm. the people in the background that are sort of like the backbone of the holiday, mm-hmm. the prep, the preparers, the planners, mm-hmm. the the gatherers, the communicators, the meatball makers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember um, when our when my dad passed away. Um, one of the ways that we tried to work through it was by recreating some of the uh, recipes that he made. Mm-hmm. Um, and creating a cookbook uh, in his honor, all of his favorite recipes so that we could all kind of, you know, 
feel that, smell that, you know, taste that mm-hmm. again, parts of it. And yeah, I think, I think it's, it takes a lot from you when we're grieving, you know, it's like a, the wind is not, the emotional wind is knocked out of you in some ways. And so it's like amping up self-care seems like, of course we want to do that, but I think it's almost, it's so imperative, you know, um, self-care is, you know, when you think about self-care, it's like your basic needs. Like, did you eat nutritious foods today? Did you sleep? You know, are you honoring that extra sleep maybe that you need, which could look like taking a nap and you're not a nap taker. It could look like going to bed early. It could look like lots of things, but even just basic, like getting in the shower and, you know, doing the things that normally you would do without even thinking about it. It's like, pushing yourself now to, you know, take care of yourself and to, you know, clean the kitchen and to wash your clothes and all the things that seem so easy when you're not grieving um, and they become really difficult when you are. Yeah. I think when I initially hear of grief, I think of someone passing and their presence and their life source as we knew it on earth is is no longer there tangibly in front of us. And I also think of these grieving moments that happen throughout life. You know, a lot of families as they as the families get older, um, you know, kids get partners and they go off to different places and no longer in the the, the ritual place that you would be, which would be in your home or a location or uh, someplace where everyone gathered and they're gathering with other families and they're gathering with other people. Um, and they're, they're connecting in ways that are new and there's, and something is no longer uh, the same and they're no longer with, with us. I'm feeling some type of isolation because part of me is no longer there. So therefore I don't feel whole. And sometimes you're like, gosh, am I the only one feeling this? And mm-hmm. should I even acknowledge it? Should I, how do I, how do I bring that into my being? How, how could they be having fun right now somewhere else when I'm here missing, missing them and all this? Why can't I, why can't I, why can't I just, why can't I just, and we tend to put ourselves in a position that says, okay, what, what do we do now? I'm, I'm always anxious when we do these type of podcasts to race to the solutions. And I think what because there's some ideas that I have and some things that I, that have worked and some things that we've done over the holidays to, to bring that person with us, like you just mentioned with the recipes and that connection, but there's a place for us to kind of just sit there and say, okay, while I'm getting my nutrition, while I'm taking my shower, while I'm taking my rest, is there a time for me to acknowledge that loss? And sometimes acknowledging the loss and how you're feeling and my my gosh, I'm going to miss them. Um, is just so important for us to say. I I think back, you know, our son, John, and I'm a huge sports fan. And I was just, you know, thinking when Michael Jordan retired, and I was like kind of fidgety that day. And, you know, I always loved watching him play. And I felt like, you know, living vicariously through sports. That was certainly that happening with me at that time, a lot of people. And I remember laying back with him as you were saying, you know, prayers that night. And, and he asked me, and he was probably, you know, five years old at the time, and said, what's wrong, daddy? And so I said, oh, I'm just a little, I'm just, 
sad that, you know, Michael Jordan announced he was retiring today. I'm not going to be able to see him play. And this was the second time I knew that was, you know, we're not going to see him play the same way. And we just stared at the ceiling. He just looked inside and said, yeah, I'm going to miss him. And I went, yeah, I'm going to miss him too. Very subtle, very simple. Obviously, if we're comparing, it's not as dramatic as someone's parents being lost or anything like that. If we're trying to compare right now, yeah, but, but the grief, grief there's feeling, no comparison in grief. I think yeah. it's like the worst grief is your own. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can't. It, I think that's that's like also something that's so important to honor. Like you're saying, what I'm, you're feeling, no I'm matter what miss. that loss is, yeah. You know, I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss them during this holiday season. I, I want, I'm thinking of them during this holiday season, you know, and how can you connect with somebody else that is maybe feeling the same way about that, about that person. So mm-hmm. um, I, I guess when it comes to grief, if we think we can do it all on our own and mix up this internal cocktail just to get over it, I don't think that's the uh, a good way to do it. And I think of the song with you two sometimes, we can't make it on our own. Mm-hmm. And there's something about grief that says and, and nudges us to say, hey, you're not alone here if you connect with somebody else or something else in you. Mm-hmm. So there's there's so I'm not making it on my own with the same type of a mindset because grief is so real and so poignant and tasty, and it's it's actually tangible that. If you share that with someone and say, I'm feeling melancholy here, or I'm I'm missing them, and I, I want them here, then somebody has the opportunity to at least connect with you. And you've, you've put it out there to know that, oh, there's a tenderness here. Mm-hmm. And maybe that there's a, a way that someone else can enter in and connect with you. And there's other people that would miss them too. They may have a different perception of the whole scenario or that person or their existence, mm-hmm. but at least they're connecting some way. And how do you do that um, without feeling isolated and alone? I think first you acknowledge that you feel isolated and alone mm-hmm. and you sit in that for a little bit and then maybe something pops up. Maybe somebody pops up. Well, I think I think one of the things is like giving yourself permission to feel what you're feeling, like you're saying, like acknowledging it, but also if something, you know, warms your heart or some, you know, a song comes on that, that, you know, kind of makes you feel warm inside or you smell, you know, a Christmas cookie smell that you haven't smelled before, or, you know, it starts to snow a little bit and you get that little tingling feeling inside. It's like, let those moments also be present. You know, don't shut those down. It's like I always think about catching Christmas when you can or, you know, catching the holidays, whatever you celebrate, you know, when when it's ignited in you, it's not necessarily going to be on that day, you know, of the celebration. Sometimes those are the hardest days to get through. But, you know, giving yourself permission to feel just what you're feeling. That means, you know, the the difficult, tender stuff, but also the good stuff if it happens. Yeah, yeah. I, it, there was some conversations this past uh, holiday event we were at related to, hey, this might be the last time that we blank. Mm-hmm. And I'm using the word blank. It's the last time that we this or mm-hmm. that or mm-hmm. they're going to be around or all of us will be together. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, it's sort of like 
foreboding joy right now to anticipate grief, or anticipate loss. And it's, but it's also acknowledging that this might be, and by coloring it a certain way, as opposed to experiencing it as it is, takes us out of, in a lot of ways, the present moment. Mm -hmm. It may motivate us to connect with somebody else, which is, that's kind of leveraging mm -hmm. potential grief and sometimes leveraging grief to say, here's an, here's an opening here. Um, I'm, I'm, I have grief as part of me, but I'm going to notice what maybe was beautiful in somebody else in the way that I'm grieving and use that to connect in the present moment today. Mm -hmm. That that might be a way to, it's sort of like you're, you're tricking yourself, but in a way you're also saying, please partner with me, dearly loved, departed, or feeling of connection that I no longer have. Partner with me today to make this the best it can be. And sometimes when we ask that spirit, the spirit world, the connection, those family members to, to be with us, they sometimes can be. Mm -hmm. I know I felt it. I know you have felt it. Mm -hmm. And we communicate that with each other. And, and yeah. yeah, opening up to the signs or the, you know, support from the connection with our loved ones, even when they're not here. Um, and I think it, it's surprising sometimes. I love doing grief groups and talking about this because people will say, you know, the silliest, seemingly silly little things like, Oh, I saw a white feather and that I just knew, or there was a little black bird or there was a hummingbird or there was, you know, a butterfly or, you know, everyone has their own little connection that comes just right at the right time that receive it. You know, it's like, take it in, let it be, let it wash over you and and give you a little bit of sport a support from the other side maybe yeah and those symbols were present all all around right i mean we just saw that from one of our family members who lost their daughter and they had a what charcuterie am i saying that word correctly mm -hmm. charcuterie board mm -hmm. with charcuterie. Little charcuterie board with all the like sunflowers on mm -hmm. it right mm -hmm. we have we have a little angel with sunflowers on our mantle we have owls in here to represent your mother mm -hmm. we we've we have our your sister-in-law your sister who has a connection with cardinals and that loving presence of her mother you know, and I'm sure there's something with her, with her husband. That's like the the symbol, and certainly the hand signal of "I love you." Those things are are simple ways, but so profound yeah, to I mean, connect to their spirit yeah. in the spirit of the holidays. Mm -hmm. It can be a song, you know, a special song that comes on like at weird times, or uh, it. There's the sky's the limit in terms of those connections. If you open up to them, they will surprise you and grief is a universal feeling and grief is a universal universal existence for everybody mm -hmm. somebody's had loss mm -hmm. somebody has had something that's not the same someone is experiencing some level of you know i wish this was different which is really the difference of pain is the difference between what it is and what you want it to be mm -hmm. and someone's in some type of little bit of pain if you notice it or you're aware of it in yourself then somebody can you know, probably could sense that as well. And sometimes connecting for short periods of time and saying that this is with me today and I'm here with you today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Honoring that there's something different this holiday season, whatever that is, and and just acknowledging it. And when we can, when we know that about other people, um, also showing up, because like you said, 
you know, we don't grieve alone. There's this little village in Africa, I think, that when someone dies, they, everybody repaints their house a different color so that it's an outward sign that we know the world has changed for you, you know? And even though it may not have been their loss, it's like they're uniting, they're supporting that other person saying, I see you, mm-hmm. you're not alone. And I think it's, you know, it's strategies to survive. It's like, it doesn't, one size does not fit all, but I think it is good to talk about things that are helpful and that when we grieve one grief, it's not necessarily the same the next time, you know, you're experiencing grief. We we think, again, it's not one size fits all, but we grieve differently. Um, even, you know, not just within families, like siblings or um, spouses grieve differently, but I can grieve differently. You know, when my, when my dad passed away, the grief looked a certain way. When my mom passed away, grief looked another way. And when, you know, our niece passed away, grief looked a whole nother way. For me, I experienced it very, very differently. Um, it has to do with your connection, but it also has to do with the exit and, and, and how that happens and, you know, how that rocks our world, you know, and, um, and it does so differently with each human life, you know? Um, but I think one of the things that we've talked about in these podcasts before is the, um, self-compassion, you know, how to have self-compassion, which seems so, you know, just be nice to yourself, just love yourself, but it isn't, it isn't, you know, Kristen Neff did a lot of research and, um, you know, there's a science around it. And so if you think about the word time and you kind of go through self-compassion with those letters in mind, you can, you can really experience self-compassion in a new way. And it is a strategy to, to get through some difficult moments, which sometimes they're, they're called grief waves or sometimes a grief tsunami mm-hmm. that can kind of hit you out of nowhere. Like you weren't expecting that song to come on in the freaking grocery store or, <laughs> you know, somebody says something or, you know, it often hits at, at, you know, when you're least expecting it. And so if you have a practice of self-compassion, it can help you get through that moment. So the, the letters T-I-M-E as a reminder, T is stopping putting your hand on your heart maybe or your hand on your hand connecting with yourself so that there's skin to skin contact which kind of generates those feel good hormones within you to say t this is tough this is a moment of suffering this is hard you know acknowledging you know the pain that you're feeling so that's the t this is tough the i is i am not alone um Life is full of suffering. There's other people suffering in this moment, you know, and it's almost like a, like a silent support group. It's like mm-hmm. uniting with other people that are also grieving right now, or maybe who grieved last year, or who also know this, the depths of this emotional pain that you feel, you know, it's like, I'm not alone. Life is full of suffering. The M is for a mantra that you that you say to yourself, like, may I be kind to myself? May I have courage? May I have strength? Whatever you need to, to kind of um, set that intention or, or to say that prayer, may I 
have strength? May I have courage to get through this? And then the E is entering a new present moment that's filled with self-compassion. So it can kind of go that quickly, just stopping, acknowledging this is hurting. I'm not alone. May I have courage? And now I'm I'm in a different place than I was when I started. I love that. I, I, I That has been so helpful for me. And when I remember to do that and I take that time and a pause and go into the T-I-M-E, then something else frees up. And obviously you're back in the present moment. Well, if it works for you, right? You may have to do it a couple of times, you know, times two <laughs> or times squared, but you're, you're back in this present moment. And one of the things that can happen in that present moment is that you notice what's around you. You notice how you're feeling, you know, how the connection is feeling right now, as opposed to it being this, you're underwater and you're spinning under the wave. You're noticing what's around you today and something can present itself. And, or you can think of somebody else with the eye that I'm not alone and might be an opportunity to jot down who's somebody that I could connect with in this present moment to know that I am with them and I understand what they're going through, or at least I understand in me what I'm going through. I don't know everything about the way you're experiencing, but know that I'm thinking of you, know that I'm with you and your energy. And when you say I'm not alone in this world and know that I'm, you're not alone because I'm with you and thinking of you and connecting with you and missing or acknowledging and say the name of the person that they might be missing and that I'm acknowledging them during this holiday season when I'm with my family, when I'm with that, they're a part of me in this existence. So there's like this connection that comes through saying, I hear your pain and feel your pain and I'm acknowledging it. And I'm taking that person with me and that joy that we have because we miss something about them or there's some relationship with it. Another way to do that would be to say, okay, I know they liked this or their memory button was the color yellow or it was red or it was an eagle or it was a, a flower or it was, you know, some kind of a, a, some kind of a symbol. And could that symbol be sent to them, could be dropped off to them and let them know this is a gift for me in honor of your mm -hmm. loss, in honor of your person. And when we do that and connect to others and become part of that community, like you said, with that beautiful example of repainting the doors, mm -hmm. we're saying that the world has changed and they are with us now. They are with us in our lives today and they will be with us in our lives tomorrow. And I am with you in your life missing them. Mm -hmm. So there's something about that. I'm going to make a commitment here that I'm going to connect to two, diff two different people this year. One is a gentleman who lost his wife, and um, it's a, it's a it's a big loss for him and his two sons, and it was a big loss for us with a, a friend that we love and admire, and it was a huge contributor in this world, mm -hmm. a huge contributor, and um, we we miss her dearly, and I know it's going to be difficult for them this year and going forward, and it's been difficult every day. Another person is someone that's in our family that has lost their, recently, their husband, daughter, and mother. And those are compounds. Those are real issues that, um, you know, if she hears the podcast, she knows I'm going to call, so that's okay. But I know that those are real, those are real losses, and that's who I'm going to connect with and publicly espouse, and now I have to, right? I was thinking about... Um 
you know, it's, it's hard. I think people really struggle with how do I support someone else when they're grieving and, and the, the truth is we really can't, we don't know how a day is going to be hitting someone, a moment is going to be hitting someone. How, um, did you my, know that? No, my dad's picture just showed up on the on my phone. My goodness, a <laughs> wallpaper of her dad. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But anyways, um, you know, people are always asking, you know, how do I support somebody who's going through something tough? And and there's no there's no um, script on that. It's kind of following your heart, what you you know, trusting your intuition, your inner guide that might say. They might like this, or maybe I'll drop off that, or maybe I'll, you know, text them this. It's like, listen to those inner, that intuition when it happens. Um, one of our favorite resources is, um, used to be called Grief Coach, but now it's called Help Texts, um, which is a really wonderful resource that allows you to, a person that that is grieving the loss of someone um they can have like four support people and so they get texts every day or every couple of days that says you know you might want to check on so and so and you know this you know this this might be a tough day for her or him or you know and it kind of gives you a little little ideas you know throughout the whole year uh, uh you know after a loss um and and with it or the the same person that created that help texts is um, Megan Devine, who wrote a, a a journal that I think is worth its weight in gold and everything else, but it's called how to carry what can't be fixed. And it's a journal for grief. So if, if you're the one that is grieving, um, it's a great artistic, creative journal that is kind of fun to um, either do a few pages or maybe if you only have the capacity to do half a page or, you know, it's like checking in with your own capacities, I think is, is a really important strategy in surviving the holidays is like checking in with, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be up for going, you know, to someone's house for dinner. I'll have to check in then. And giving, giving people a heads up that I'm going to, I'm going to see how I'm doing versus for sure I'll be there and then forcing yourself to go when maybe you don't have the capacity to. It's like knowing that you can give yourself permission to check in at any time, how you're feeling, what your guidance is. It's like, I, I think about it like strategies to go or strategies to say no. You know, it's like, should I go or should I say no? It's like checking in because when, when we say no, sometimes we're saying a bigger yes to taking care of ourselves and people that care about you, um, hopefully can support you on that. But I also think the opposite is true sometimes where we want to crawl into a hole and never come out. Sometimes we have to push ourselves, stretch ourselves a little bit to step out and to go somewhere. And sometimes it pays off, you know, you can get there mm -hmm. and you can, you know, kind of forget in, in a moment or maybe two moments that, you know, you, you see people, you're reminded of the love that's in your life or whatever, the people that are, that are surrounding you, but then it might hit you and you might feel like, ah, 
I can't be here. This isn't, I'm, I'm not okay. Just like creating your, your way home, your, your avenue out, your strategy to exit um, a party or a gathering um, so that you can feel safe with saying yes, but also um, honoring when you need to say no, or I got to go. So honoring yourself, your feelings, your experience and what you're, what it's going to be like for you. What, what There's something I was kind of lingering on a little bit where you were talking about a little earlier when you said that when you lost three different people, you had different experiences of grief. Um, and I'm wondering, is there something that I mean, I think I know some of the answers, but I would love to hear from you what it, what you think it, it was. But are there any strategies that you thought of that were helpful for you to maybe learn on one and apply to the other? I mean, you hate to have practice. Well, yeah, I mean, I think um, that's something that that because grief does show up differently with each loss, asking yourself what it wants you to know this time, you know, mm -hmm. it might be different than the last time. Uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross talks about the stages of grief, which gets a lot of grief because they're not really stages. They're, they're, um, you know, a part of your grieving, but there aren't sequential steps, which I wish there was because it's like, oh good, I'm done with anger now. <laughs> I can move on to the next step, but it's not like that. They're like periods of a game that never ends. You yeah. know, like this period's called this, this period's called this. You may go back to that one. Yeah. But here's a way to kind of just at least give it a label of mm -hmm. what it might be. Yeah. yeah. And to know that, gosh, when you're lashing out or you feel intense anger, it's like, oh, this is part of it. You know, mm -hmm. that and it might, you know, with grieving, loss, anger has taken, you know, a different avenue for me in each loss. Like Sometimes, you know, people can be mad at the person that died. They can be mad at the people that are, you know, in their life that didn't, you know, honor this loss or that said the wrong thing, or they can be mad at their work for requiring them to go back too quickly, or they can be mad at, you know, anger can take a different avenue. You can be mad at God for unfair, you know, the, the, the sense of this isn't fair, because that's what anger is. It's recognizing, you know, that something's not right. This isn't, it's not okay. What has happened. This pain is not okay. And yet you're feeling it, you're experiencing it. And so when you ask grief, what do you want me to know? And you give yourself 10 minutes and you set a timer and you just let your pen write, and then you read it, it can give you some new insight, maybe that kind of I don't know, guide you a little bit more deeply through the process. And so, so, um, okay, here's, here's how you can do that. Ask yourself the question, ask grief, the question, who are you? And set the timer for 10 minutes. When it happened to me, this, this is how I replied. I am pain, dark pain. I'm the deep ache always within. I am a reminder of deep love. I am sadness, anxiety, guilt, remorse, jealousy, disgust, anger, 
I'm like a chameleon adapting to the environment. If you ignore me, I will wake you up in the night and often early in the morning, sometimes with tears, sometimes with scenarios, and often in the disguise of anger and agitation and what no one else could possibly ever understand except you and me. I can also be your friend if you let me. Breathe in my wisdom. Honor the deep love you feel. Nourish your light. And remember the light of your mom and Aunt Jackie, your dad, and all the other loved ones you grieve. What's, what's in you right now when you read that? Well, I mean, I think I learned through that that there is wisdom in grief and that there's a partnership with grief that I don't have to reject it because it's it's going to be there anyways. It just, you know, can change colors and change the way it shows up in the background or that sometimes, you know, there's expected loss that that hurts. Um, and, and then there's unexpected loss that um, shatters you sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and I think um, allowing yourself to you know, pick up some of those shattered pieces and try to hold them and try to put yourself back together. It's a journey, you know, and, and to be gentle and, and kind to yourself on the journey because you're not alone. There are other people that know that, that kind of pain, it's almost inarticulatable. Yeah. (laughs) If that's a word. Yeah. It is right now. Mm -hmm. Grief gives you new words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to thank you for sharing that. I know that's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. That's not easy to bring that up. And, um, you know, putting those words were, are so powerful you th- to you then and now and sharing it. But most impressive to me is doing the work, mm-hmm. is actually taking the time to write that in the journal, mm-hmm. pausing for those 10 minutes to have a relationship with that grief experience, and then asking it to speak. And what does it want to say? to you it's just it's in a way those are kind of miracle moments of a relationship with grief i think they're so powerful mm-hmm. and i just want to acknowledge that and say well done for doing that work and those that are out there doing some type of work sometimes the work is simply them opening the front door and breathing the air because mm-hmm. they're so you know they're not yeah, breathing it's right now journey. It's yeah. yeah and you you do have to acknowledge your capacities what you can do one day might not be what you can do the next or one moment might be not what you can do the next. And it's like, you have to honor wherever you are. And, you know, even, you know, one day you might feel like, I'm, I'm, you know, finally feeling like there's light coming back. And then the next day or the next moment, it feels dark, like the darkness, the familiar darkness is back. And it's like, it's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get out of this. It just, it's just a little, my friend Mary that we used to do grief groups together and she passed away last year too. And one of the the gifts that she would always share with people is that it's like, it's a dark place and there's pinpoints of light that you start to acknowledge and see. And eventually another pinprick and another pinprick and eventually more and more light gets in with those tiny little pinpricks of light. And so allowing the the bits of light to poke through as well as acknowledging that you know tremendous pain i think is uh 
really the gift of the process, you know. Do you think that um, someone on the other side of that dark, like piece of felt can put a little hole in it too for mm-hmm. somebody? I mean, yeah, I mean, this, I think that it's uh, I do. Native Americans say that that's what stars are. Yeah. You know, the stars in the sky are those pinpricks of light, mm. you know, that, that those souls that love us are, you know, letting us know. I'm here in this brilliant light. You can only just see a speck of it. So maybe those specks, wish those specks for people to see mm-hmm. are those acknowledgments of, you know, lives past and moments lost or moments mourned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe we can be a, a holiday rescue for ourselves mm-hmm. and those that are, you know, maybe not having that dark veil in front of them. Maybe they can be a holiday rescue for somebody else in a very simple, simple and profound ways. Mm-hmm. Well, think about if there's any more resources or thoughts that we can have. We can have that at the base of our, our podcast. Certainly, uh, Megan's book is going to be there for sure. Um, and we'll put a, a couple others there. And um, if you have other thoughts and ideas, uh, audience related to uh, grief during the holidays um, and resources, feel free to put that down or mention that on Spotify is probably the easiest or a re- response on Apple Podcasts. And we'd be happy to share those in the future and look at those because we're always looking for those that can inspire us during these times of, of frankly, through our life experiences. Mm-hmm. And so the, we've shared a couple of them. So again, sweetie, thank you for doing this. I know it's not easy. It's not easy for me to see someone I love experiencing pain um, and, and touching that, that, that stove a bit, you know, um, and those feelings. But uh, I'm here with you and I honor your journey by being with you. You're welcome. Until next time. Take extra good care. We hope you enjoyed this episode brought to you by WeDoRelationships.com. Now let's make a difference in our relationship with ourselves and others to flourish in today's world. Please share what you learned. Great job. You're taking the time to honor and explore your relationships. We know it's not easy in our busy lives but it's worth it. You're worth it. Those you love will notice. Great relationships lead to a fulfilled life. It begins with you. Every connection counts. Take good care.